Hey everyone, it's Jordan here. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our sponsor, Jane. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software with features like online booking, scheduling, documentation, and a PCI-compliant payment solution. The time you spend with your clients is valuable, and filling out forms during their appointment can quickly drain your time together. That's why the team at Jane has designed online intake forms that your clients can complete from the comfort of their homes. And to help them remember to fill out their forms, Jane has a friendly reminder email sent 24 hours before their appointment. This means they arrive ready to go to start their appointment. Jane's online intake forms are fully customizable to ensure you're collecting everything you need ahead of time, whether that's a credit card on file, insurance billing details, or signed consent. You can build your intake forms from scratch or use a template from Jane's template library and customize it further to meet your practice needs. If you're interested in learning more, head to jane.app guide or use the code edgecouch1mo, E-D-G-E-C-O-U-C-H, numerical 1-M-O, at sign up to receive a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Allison and I love Jane, we've used it for years, and we think you will too. All right, on to the episode. Welcome to season six of Edge of the Couch. We are here to create a space to delve into the topics that were either shied away from or dismissed because they were too big, too nuanced, too risky, or too uncomfortable to talk about in school or even supervision. Edge of the Couch is not training or supervision. It is for student therapists, new therapists, and therapists wanting to continue to explore their evolving therapist identities and ways of working. When we are talking about clients, please know we are deeply committed to protecting client confidentiality. We are two passionate therapists and good friends sharing our personal opinions about the therapeutic process. Come join us at the edge of the couch. Hey everyone, welcome back to Edge of the Couch. I'm Jordan Piquel. And I'm Allison McCleary. And Allison and I have been hashing out this topic for maybe the last 20 minutes, we typically write some notes. We come up with a topic based mm-hmm. on the list of things that people have asked us yes. to do. And then we decide, okay, which one of these feels alive today? We yeah. write down some notes and we got so far into the topic. We were like, we should probably just hit record because this is a really generative, generative conversation. Yeah, totally. Why don't you tell the listeners, Jordan, then what we're talking about? Today? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, We are talking about Circling back, checking in elephant in the room. Yeah, when to address something. Yeah, which I actually yeah. think came up. Um, this question was posed to us from Be Psych Minded, our friend Chloe over at Be Psych Minded, when we had talked about something, I don't even remember, and she had asked, yeah, but when do you do that? So like, okay, you, you feel the elephant in the room. When did you kind of get into it or address it? And we're going to talk a little bit about what we do, what we consider, and what it really means, because circle back is kind of this jargony, corporate, empty speak, right? It right. Like, doesn't always mean anything unless there's action connected to it. And so what what do we mean when we say circle back? There are two different types of stuff we have to address. The content of our client's story or what they're sharing or what they've come to therapy to work on. So, you know, if maybe they drop something that's kind of big and then they want to talk about what they bought at the mall yesterday wait a second, something big happened here. 
or, you know, we might be curious about someone's like drug or alcohol use. Like this is stuff that's not being explicitly said by the client, but we feel it there. It hovers in the space content stuff. And then there's like this much more like our client owes us money. We made a mistake Mm. the last time we met them. I don't even know. We saw their partner walk naked through their virtual session or like something that's (laughs) just like not Mm -hmm. about the content of the, then that's never happened to me, but you know, it's not about the content of the session, but there's something like peripheral to the work that feels like it could be addressed or not. Like we have a decision to make about whether we talk about it or not. Right. We saw each other. We ran into each other. That's a great one. You sent me that email and I didn't respond right away. Things like that. Totally. Yeah. What what do we call that? I don't even think, I can't think of what the word is, but yeah, the stuff that's not about the therapy, but everything Mm -hmm. else, the relationship, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The process. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. I couldn't think of the Mm -hmm. word. Process, relationship, those pieces. So what do you do when you notice that there's some charge in the air, there's something sitting here and you are considering circling back or addressing it? What comes up for you just thinking about that? Depending on the process, the process or the content, I don't know how we want to separate these two things out, but sometimes it's something that happens at the end of session. Mm. And so, and I can feel the dissonance in my body. I'm looking at the time. I can see that we're not all the way through and I will acknowledge, okay, it feels like we're mid process and maybe there's something here we want to take forward for our next conversation. And maybe we have a little conversation about that. I feel the discomfort of the fact that this is not a finished conversation. And so just naming that Mm -hmm. that's the case. And then maybe next time we pick up on what was it like last time to not have a close. So I think one of the main ways is like at the end of session, at the beginning of the next session, circling back that way, something happened in between our sessions and I'm going to use my power and bring this up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's definitely one way that it happens. If I'm sitting here thinking as a new therapist, when do I bring something up? I mean, sometimes it's nice to have the natural flow of like, oh, it's another session. There feels like this fresh start. Right. So as if we feel something that's looming and the client is off in this other field that we're not in, but we have this sense of like, oh my gosh, we need to name this thing. It's harder, I think, to cut off a client and like redirect them, you know, having the conversation about whatever the thing is. But I do think that you become, as a therapist, increasingly intuitive about the moment to talk about the thing that mm-hmm. maybe right now, if you're a new therapist listening, you don't know. You're like, ah, it's here. And I'm worried about it. I'm anxious about talking about it. And I have no idea when to naturally weave it into this session. You're talking about the example of like, hey, you have a grief anniversary coming up, like or, something like that. Yeah. Or yeah, you owe me money or hey, mm. let's talk about the mistake that I made last time mm-hmm. or less often, but like you, the client hurt my feelings. Like we have to talk about our relationship because something happened that you did towards me. That happens very rarely, but like I've had clients flip tables in session or swear at me, you know, it's Yikes. like, and, yeah. and again, I think whenever something happens as a therapist, we have a choice about whether we're going to address it or not. Mm -hmm. that's kind of the first place is, oh, is this worth addressing or do I let this kind of go? And you're going to, folks at home are going to hear that I have a cold right now. (laughs) So I apologize for me sniffling. But your mind is really firing on all cylinders right now. It's the medication, I think, (laughs) helping. We don't have to address it right away. And in fact, we often address it too early. Totally. 
well, where we don't know how we feel about it. Yes. Yeah. We don't know what we feel about it. We don't know what we want to say. We don't know the purpose. We just know that we should bring it up. And I think that that's more connected to that process relational stuff. Because often with client content, it feels more natural to be like, hey, I hear us talking about this thing over here. But, you know, you kind of dropped this bomb a couple of sessions ago. We haven't talked about it. I'm feeling this, you know, I'm feeling this interesting energy of you've told me this thing and we're not talking about it. What's going on there? feels, I think, much more fluid in the in the course of therapy than what well, are you? I disagree. I think that for for me, it's easier. But I think for a new therapist, it's like they drop this bomb and even the next session, it's like, can I bring it up? I think there is a lot of fear around even something that is so clearly important, connected, important to address. And then how do I do it? I have to follow whatever the client says. The client's talking about their stress with their partner instead of this huge thing that happened. And I don't know how to bring it up. It's like, you just do it. Like, and maybe you say, this might not be relevant to you right now, but I do feel like I want to just bring to the table like this thing that you brought um, a couple sessions ago. And whether that's a direction you want to go into or that's just like, I, I just want you to know that I heard you when you said that. And see, I think that's it. I think that's the avenue that we take, which is it's, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want mm-hmm. to talk about it, but we haven't talked about it. So I want you to know that I heard it and I'm sitting with it whenever you're mm-hmm. ready to talk about it. Because oftentimes when clients just drop that stuff and they don't want to go there, I do think it's still important that they know that we heard it and we mm-hmm. are holding on to it and not it hasn't just fallen out of our heads. Like we're not bringing it up out of a respect for them, not we like forgot about it. Because I think that's a really rejection feeling. For sure. And I think that some clients will go to therapy like I'm building up eight sessions, 12 sessions. Then I finally talk about this thing, you know, instance of childhood sexual abuse. And then they sort of expect the therapist to then take it forward. Totally. Oh, I built up all this energy to finally say it. And now you do your job. But instead of saying, okay, what do we do? Therapist, they come in and talk about their daily stressors and wait for you to do something with it. Which is where I think we take that Rogerian and that really client-centered work and we infuse it with like the wisdom of, yeah, understanding that sometimes clients do need us to guide a little bit. That was really big. Do you want to talk about it? Versus like, oh, if my client never brings it up again, then they don't want to talk about it, which we just fundamentally, I think, understand that sometimes people are dropping hints or dropping it there and really needing mm-hmm. us to be the take the brave step of bringing it up, even if it's like very uncomfortable. And even if they say to us, I don't want to talk about it yet. It's okay mm-hmm. to still, you know, sometimes gently check in around it. Yeah. We can make the mistake too of being like, now I'm bringing it back up and this is where we're going today. Totally. Um, instead of like checking in about how yes. it's feeling, you you brought this up a few weeks ago and I heard you. And is there something you want to do with that today? I love that. Rather than being like, so let's go into there because that's clearly where the energy is coming from. When you feel like you're grasping at straws because you're a new therapist and you're like, this is something that's juicy. Mm. So I'm going to bring this forward because this is why they're here, obviously. Yeah. That's sometimes a mistake. Not trauma-informed. Totally. I love that we're naming that the checking in is not just about 
doing my due diligence of checking in as a therapist, but actually about collaborating with the client. Like I'm checking in to ensure that you are getting out of this what you want. It's okay to not want to talk about that thing. It's okay to want to talk about that thing. Yeah, I love that. It's like um, the state of the union, right? Where it's like, we're just going to get an update about how things are between us and with this thing that's here. Yeah, but you were saying, but it can be a lot harder to talk about the process. Like, hey, you owe me money. Yeah, because I think with the the reason that I think it's different and maybe harder is not the right word is because the content stuff often has nothing to do with us, the therapist. It's something that happened to the client and now we are, it is our professional ethic to kind of leave space to discuss it where there's this other piece of process where I can often have like a really big reaction to something like my client owes me money or I made a mistake and now I'm feeling all this shame to think about last week's episode or the client told me that they're not feeling any progress in the work which again it's like I'm going to spiral much more charged as the therapist at least when I'm sitting there and like feeling it as the therapist. Right. Sometimes for some people, it feels impossible to bring it up. Like they cannot (laughs) get the words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As a new therapist, when I made a mistake, the last thing I wanted to do Mm -hmm. was talk to the client about it and have to like relive Mm -hmm. that horrible feeling of sticking my foot in my mouth or making a clerical error or whatever the case may be. And sometimes we do make the mistake of bringing it up for out to soothe our anxieties. Yeah, bringing it up to soothe our anxieties. Or I think that when we talk about like bringing stuff up too soon, something fascinating that has happened is that when I don't bring it up right away, if it's in that session, it's okay to not bring it up. If I wait and I like process with you or another mm-hmm. peer And I let the feeling kind of do the wave thing a little bit, uh, you know, peak and then dissipate. Often I can move beyond the sharp feeling. Mm -hmm. Then I can talk. If I have to, if I choose to talk to the client about it, I can do it in a much more balanced way. But a lot of the time after I've come to you, I realize that I don't have to talk to the client about it. Mm -hmm. You know, the mistake that I made or whatever. And I think the primary way that comes up for me is I have this urge to email them after the session. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I just want to clarify or I yes. just want to make sure that we're okay. This is what I was trying to do there or I hope that you didn't feel this way. Yes. And to me that's like the sign that it's too soon. A hundred percent. You really need to think <laughs> through what you're going to say. Yes. Like clearly you're in a place of like trying to fix it. And often I talk to you or somebody else and it's like, oh, actually, not only do I not have to send an email, I actually don't even have to bring it up. Like, it's totally. just my discomfort. Yes. I know. And that that email is so like, I need my client to know that I know that I did something. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. like they think, you know, that I don't know. that It's like, I need them to realize that I also noticed that was bad. Yep. Um, yeah, that's so funny. They're like wanting to right away, like address it the minute the mm-hmm. session ends mm-hmm. and how if we're feeling that urge, we should like really just sit with it and be like, why? Mm-hmm. Again, I think if it's egregious, maybe there's a different thing, but that's why consultation with peers is so important. Yeah. And I think that there is a balance. There can be a sense of a therapist who's constantly talking about the mistakes that they've made yeah. or asking for feedback in a way that it's like, oh, I feel less confident in yeah. your competence because you clearly are feeling 
not as confident in your competence. Yes. Right. It's and like, that oh, like shakes the relationship. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay for there to be moments where we're not fully in that groove. Yeah. And we do not have to apologize for every minor error that we no. make or misalignment or not mm-hmm. getting it or late email. Like I think we talk about the bigness of apology and the bigness of ownership and, you know, really holding what is ours in the relationship with the client. And therapy is kind of like running on a treadmill. If all we're doing is that back and forth of like, oh, I'm so sorry that my eye contact wasn't good enough quality or like when you called, my tone was wrong or whatever. Like, I think we can get kind of trapped there. We want to be helping the client to make movement and and mm-hmm. we also don't want to get stuck there. It's so easy if you're going to do that. We actually, we had a really interesting consultation with a newer therapist talking about how easy it is to pick apart every single moment of a therapy session as mm-hmm. the therapist and find mm-hmm. what was not right in it. But we don't want to do that. Yeah, that's something that we're taught to do in school. And I think that that's really valuable at that time. But there is, we do need to, in therapeutic relationships, zoom out a little bit and be like, okay, at some point, our relationship can hold these yeah. like micro this misalignments. Steps. Yes. Yeah. And right. I think that our relationships are more resilient than maybe a lot of us think that they are. I agree. I think our clients are a lot more resilient too. I've talked about this in, in some different topics, but our clients can handle the bigness of the relationship and talking about it and navigating it together. And if a client brings it up, if a client says, hey, when you said this thing, then I think, yeah, you go for it. You have the conversation. Of course, because the client is bringing it up. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to always apologize for everything. Listening to what they say. But if it's like, yeah, this is what therapy Mm -hmm. often looks like Mm -hmm. and being able to hold this is why I was doing it, not from a defensive place, but just like a, here, let me pull back the curtain and maybe this isn't the direction that we wanted to go, but this is what I was doing. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. we can talk about what we want our work to look like, but I don't necessarily have to apologize, depending on the conversation, like how it goes. Like if it's like, hey, you didn't do this thing. Like, I want to talk about this. And you talked about this other thing. And I won't necessarily be like, I'm so sorry. I'll be like, you know, sometimes I can this go stuff. off in this way. Yeah. And I will be more mindful of, you know, it's more like the accountability part. And how right. can we together find a way so that we stay on track, like you said? Yeah, I love that. I think the last thing that comes up for me um, is that if you are already building check-in conversations into your work with clients so at the end of sessions, how are you feeling as we close? What are you taking away from today? Anything that you want to see be different? Whatever you know, that combination of questions is for you as you wrap up your session. If you are already doing that with clients, circling back to these elephants or these bigger things are is so much easier because you've already kind of created this climate of we talk about stuff and we're real with each other, you can use that time at the end to then say, I just wanted to you know, mention, I was really thinking about that thing last week that I said, or I want to make it clear that I heard you at the beginning of the session when you said this thing about your parent. 
you know, you let me know next session if you want us to talk about that or not, right? You have that time and that space. Or the creation of that space means that even if it's not during that five minutes at the end, there's just much more of like the norm of it in the work. That they also feel like there's space for them to bring it up. Yes. In a fluid way. Like, hey, last time when you said this, it didn't sit right. Creating an atmosphere of that kind of mutual conversation about the content of the sessions, but also like the direction that we're going and how it feels in our relationship. Yeah. And if you're listening, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. You know, if you're listening and you cannot imagine a time when you would be like happy for a client to tell you how you have aired, I promise that that changes because when we're new, it feels so scary. But now, and I see you nodding, Jordan, I want my clients, again, not like every minute thing because then let's have a conversation about that. But like, hey, it hurt my feelings when you use this word or I sent you that email and you didn't respond and here's what that was like. Now I hold those as like such treasured moments because it is such a gift when a client tells you an elephant that is there and you don't have to guess at it. Yeah. And it's not coming from a place of like criticism. It's honestly a place of I'm honoring our relationship and I want to have this kind of transparency and get closer and we're going to be open about these things together. And that's like it, it does bring like that vulnerability does bring us closer. It does. And creates more safety. And it doesn't mean it doesn't sting if you're hearing it, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, oh, right. The client wants to us to feel connected. And so that's why they're telling me. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say to close? To close? I mean, I think you left us off on a great note around really integrating that kind of check-in process into the therapy that you do. The final thing, oh, I have two thoughts. One is to focus on even though we use our bodies to notice the discomfort or the dissonance, we have to be mindful of like keeping the client and the relationship at the center mm-hmm. and to put away our discomfort, maybe use it as information, but not not for that to be the impetus to yes. have a conversation. Yeah, um, reminder. The second thing I want to leave people with is that we often make the mistake of checking in too soon. And so just reminding people that there is the therapy time is actually much, there's a lot of space in between Mm -hmm. play and to say, hey, you know, five sessions ago, you brought this thing up. Totally. Oh, I just want to acknowledge that two weeks ago, this thing happened between us and I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it last time, but I just wanted you to know that I remember that. And I was wondering if there's anything we should talk about around that. I love that. If I'm a client, I feel so cared for that someone has been sitting with something for five weeks and then is like, Hey, I actually want to bring this to you. But yeah, there is no expiration date on these types of conversations. It can be, and if it feels like there is, then maybe it wasn't that important. Right. You know? <laughs> right. If it's not an emergency, but it feels like you have to talk about it right now, that's good information to sit with. Yeah. This is great. As always, we want to know what your thoughts are. What is it like for you to circle back for something, to have an elephant in the room with a client? You can tell us our thoughts by sending us a DM at Edge of the Couch Pod. You can join our Patreon community, patreon.com slash edge of the couch. Or you can send us an email at connect at edgeofthecouch.com. I just wanted to 
take the time to also say congratulations to oh. Allison, Dr. McCleary. <laughs> and um, she was the valedictorian of her class and she did a speech at graduation and she's going to put the speech on Patreon. So yeah. if you want to watch yeah. or listen, yeah. no, it's a video. Yeah. A if video you want to watch the speech, um, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash edge of the couch. Yeah. Thanks, Jor. Yay. Huge accomplishment. Now we have Dr. McCleary. With us. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm very glad to be done. (laughs) (laughs) thanks everybody and we'll talk to you again next week bye hey there this is shelby from jane if you're new to the name jane is an all-in-one practice management software with features to help you create medical charts book bill and process payments here at jane we understand that you want to make the most of the time you spend with your patients and clients that's where jane's online intake forms come in To help streamline your intake process, you can create multiple forms and consents to automatically send at the time of booking. You can even assign an intake form to a specific practitioner, treatment, or discipline. This way your patients arrive ready for their appointments and you don't have to spend valuable treatment time on paperwork. And with online intake forms, you'll no longer have to worry about chasing payment information. Jane's PCI-compliant solution, Jane Payments, provides a secure way to collect credit card details directly in your intake form. Head over to jane.app forward slash guide to learn more. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at connect at edgeofthecouch.com to tell us what you think, ask a question, or let us know what type of episode you'd love to hear. You can even send us a voice note for us to play in a future episode. You can support us by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, sharing the show with a friend, or supporting us on Patreon. Join us next time at The Edge of the Couch.